Uh, right. Well, okay. So the gang's all here. This is an episode of Fruit Loops Video Club Patreon release only. And we are reviewing the film LA 1992. It's a documentary yeah. and it's uh, very graphic. It was made in yeah. 2017. It is 114 minutes long. 114. I think it's more like 147. Oh, no, never mind. An hour and 47. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How dare you? I'm going to shut up. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what do I know? Uh, and it's, it's a film by the Academy Award winner Simon Chin, Dan Lindsay, and TJ Martin, and Emmy Award winner Jonathan Chin. Where did y'all watch the movie? What platform? Because I couldn't find it on National Geographic, but you I also couldn't? didn't look that hard. <laughs> um, I watched it on Prime. Uh huh. Mm. I was just going to say it was available on National Geographic, but it wasn't working very well for me. So I just went ahead and rented it on Prime. Mm. Same Z's. Yeah, well, I actually, wasn't I able to watch it. Oh, you weren't? Oh, um, well. I just did. I was busy. I just wanted to yeah. tune in anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anytime. You're, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're yeah. going to tell you all. We're going to educate you. Yeah. <laughs> and where did you watch it, Minnie? Um, so I couldn't find it. I thought it was supposed to be on Netflix. So I looked for it there and I looked for it on Prime here in Canada and, and I couldn't find it there. Um, I ended up watching it on Disney Plus, which you wouldn't think, you know, huh. what? But the, yeah, so they have different yeah, in Canada. They, is, yeah. they have Discovery Plus and Disney Plus together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's well, 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 that's great. So people now look at them go. (laughs) People tuning in now can uh, can um, can find it. So I watched it on Google Watch. Oh, Um, so it is about the L.A. riots and the aftermath of those riots. And basically, the documentary opens up with this news guy from the 60s and it's in black and white. And he's talking about the Watts riots, which are like most of the uprisings in the United States, precipitated by police fuckery and police brutality. There's always I can't think of one riot that we've talked about on the show or that I know about in my lifetime that wasn't precipitated by police brutality or a police murder of somebody. Yeah. And that becomes important in the end of the movie. So he's talking about all the violence that the quote unquote rioters, we don't say that anymore, but the community, the actions that they were taking out of anger after um, the police brutalized a person. I need to mute it. Oh, okay. (laughs) My my dog is having a moment. Sorry, I forgot that you'd be able to hear that. Yeah, no, she's being a drama because she wants attention. That's all right. (laughs) Um, So... Then we cut to the city of L.A. and it's 1992 and there's some dudes on a radio talking and they're saying really vulgar things about suspects. Yeah, (laughs) that they're trying to pursue and they describe them as N-words, as animals and describe what they're doing. So we see Rodney King being beaten. Question, where were you guys in 1992 when you saw the video? Well, I had seen this video numerous times before, but it still made me cry Um, just watching it. I I was just sobbing when I was watching it. And it brought back memories of that time because I was a young person at the time. I was in my 20s at the time. And uh, it was on the news quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I uh, the first time I saw it, you know, I was just in my house just watching it 
And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was heartbreaking. Yeah. What about you, Beth? I was married at the time and mm-hmm. I had two little kids. I remember seeing it on the news mm-hmm. um, and it was really upsetting. Mm-hmm. But I don't I didn't understand everything that was happening. Mm. Um, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention as much because I had little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that happened afterwards, I don't think I fully understood. And probably because I'm white, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that it was like that in the documentary, they said this was all a lot of this footage was stuff that hadn't been seen before. So I think a lot of this stuff the public didn't see Mm-hmm. And so similarly to you, I was also confused. I understood why there was upset about the verdict. And I understood that, you know, his beating was horrible and unjustified. But the stuff that happened after the way the news covered it, it was all about looting, you know, yeah. right. and right. I yeah. understood nothing understand about that. all yeah. of the other stuff that happened mm-hmm. after it just hopped straight from guy got beaten everyone's upset that they were not found guilty and mm-hmm. then suddenly looting and that's the way it was explained to the public pretty yeah yeah, yeah yes. that sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 3 a.m., the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions, prison stabbings, skinwalkers, Glitches in the Matrix, Cult Leaders, Missing 411, Night Marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian Devil Worship, and so many monsters it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I only I only asked because I was in second grade when I first saw the yeah. video. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, you saw I, it at that age. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. oh awful. Y- yeah. Well, well, you don't get the luxury of not seeing violence when you're a child of color in the United yeah. States. Yeah. So, I guess so. <laughs> So we watched it numerous times in the company of lots of different family members. It seemed like every every day we were going to somebody's house for dinner or something and the video would be on the news and we and the grownups would have something to say about it. And me and Mike, I had I I have like 60 first cousins. So the kids were all (laughs) like, that's that's really messed up. Yeah, Um, that's really messed up. That's really messed up. And the grownups echoing things like, see how they do us. This is how they do us. We've been saying this for a long time. Oh, but they got it on video now. We mm-hmm. got him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why everybody was so mad. Yeah. When yeah. It happened. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I couldn't believe it when he when they were found not guilty. I was like, what? Yeah. What yeah. do you have to do? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Because right. it was on video. Yeah. Yes. Complete. And you could see it was unjustified. You could see he was just laying on the ground like, you know, please yeah. stop. 
and they yeah. just like they you oh it was well, so, so brutal it, it was, was so brutal it was brutal yeah. and violent i don't remember hearing what the officer said maybe in this new version that was in the the um documentary but it was it seemed inaudible to me i didn't know what yeah they, they didn't make that clear i don't yeah. think at the time you couldn't hear what they're saying yeah yeah and rodney king was kind of vague about what they were saying like i remember yeah. he was asked did they say any racial slurs and I don't know about Rodney King's cognition. I remember, does anybody remember when he was on Celebrity Rehab? No. Okay. I did not see that. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I eat that shit up. So Rodney King was on Celebrity Rehab and they and part of his trauma was this event. Right. And they got into his history. He had a history of abuse by his father, who was also an alcoholic. And Rodney King had problems with alcohol and drugs mm. as well, which is kind of why he ended up in the system in the first place. Yeah. But he they made it sound like he had developmental delays. And so when you hear him at that press conference and you hear him in interviews, to me, it makes sense why he's not the most articulate guy of the bunch. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know how much he remembered because they were asking him, you know, how many times did they hit you? And he's like, like oh, several, several times. Yeah. He got hit like 57 times. That's yeah. more than several. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. I don't but I don't know if he remembers. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Something that traumatic happens to you. And I don't think you even remember things in order or it, mm-hmm. it's just all a big blur, you know. Yeah. Like, so yeah. how's he supposed to remember you know, that's a good point. Like, yeah. or even hear, like, you know, if there's what a, they're saying, you know, yeah. that whistling towards you and bam, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to even hear what people yeah. are saying or even focus on what people are saying when all you're trying to do is, is just not die? Yeah. Right. Whew. Got me with that one. <laughs> so this documentary was really, really rad. I think very well done yeah. because it was entirely archival footage. No yeah. commentary, no people in a nice, yeah. a well-lit room talking about, well, you know, this and that. It was entirely archival footage. So it feels more raw and authentic. And so I really appreciated that. So they- I um, did too, yeah. There was also some background audio playing at the beginning of the film. It was audio of um, Martin Luther King um, oh, right. talking about law enforcement. There was some other person talking about the history of law enforcement, how- most of these black people in LA fled from the Jim Crow South to Los Angeles and the history that they are angry about. It's not just one instance. This is a prolonged experience of over a hundred years with a contentious relationship with law enforcement, which by the way, most of the law enforcement at, or at the time of the Watts riots were involved in the Klan. They used to live in Compton and once black people moved in, mm-hmm. they all fled join the police force so they could beat everybody up. And so what it was very obvious to me was that if there was two in the beginning, they made this very clear in the beginning of the documentary, there's two different Americas that yeah. black people see and experience it one way and then white people experience it another way. But then the documentary went a little bit further and talked about the non-white immigrant experience and how that played a role in what happened in Los Angeles. So who do we see next? Oh. The immigrant part was kind of interesting to me because they talked about how big of a port Los Angeles is and just how many immigrants there were coming in in the 80s and 90s. It was like two million um, coming for the American dream. We had a we like I'm from there. Los Angeles had a black mayor at the time who really celebrated the city's diversity and how this is going to be great for the city of Los Angeles. 
and how excited he was, what an honor it was to stand and be a representative for such a diverse city. And then Papa Bush is president at the time. And uh, gross. Uh, what's that? <laughs> gross. Yeah. Boy, There's- oh boy. A little, slightly better than Reagan, but yeah, not yeah. Very much. Yeah, not much. So, so Rodney King gets beaten on March 3rd, 1991. Then there's a whole timeline. And so March 3rd, 1991, Rodney King gets beaten. Then we learn about the Asian storekeeper who shoots the teenage girl. Ugh, um, that was so over awful. A glass of, a, a bottle of juice. Mm-hmm. This girl was a straight A student. She had middle-class parents, black middle-class parents came from a good home, had no reason to steal anything, but the shop and it, a bottle of orange juice. That's yeah. it. Like and what the fuck in the back of the head? Yeah. yeah. She was walking, walking away, away as. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of added insult to injury. And it was also on video. Yeah. Right. So it inflamed the community even more and it raised tensions even more. So then April 29th is when it all went down. Old Whitey was hanging out down the street over at Magic Mountain the day the riots. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) He talks about his mom, like freaking out, like, you got to get out of there. Anyway, so um, (laughs) a bunch of officers, Sergeant Stacy Kuhn, Officer Lawrence M. Powell, Theodore Briseño and Timothy E. were acquitted and they were acquitted. It is significant where the trial took place. You guys know about Simi Valley? Well, just what I saw on the documentary, what they talked about. Very, very white. Yeah. Uh, lots of police officers live there. Yeah, it is um, oh. like yeah. if if I got gravely injured in Simi Valley and died or was at near death, I wouldn't want to be treated in Simi Valley. You know, it's just yeah. it is overwhelming how white the place is. Dudes with trucks with the testicles hanging on the back. Ugh. It's that kind of place. But I, I went to college right next door in Thousand Oaks. So oh, lucky we would go yeah. to Simi. Ooh, yeah, it was great. But Simi Valley sucks. And it is, again, very white. And I wonder what would have happened if the trial had not moved to such a white venue with a mm-hmm. mostly white jury. It, wasn't it an all white jury? Was it? I think really? it was mostly white. It was definitely there were no black. No, no black jury. people. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it just is so problematic, right? right, How the justice system is supposed to work, a jury of your peers, right? And it just seemed, and they probably should have tried each officer individually um, for all of their actions. And when the not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty verdicts One right after the other. Yeah. Yeah, and I was also glad they showed the reactions of people. There was an old man, he was sitting in the diner. And he was like, he just like, oh, yeah, he just got up and like like, started walking away. Like, yeah. (laughs) And you can imagine the disbelief when we have it on video. Mm -hmm. And so April 29th, 1992, the everybody knew this was going to be big. So I think law enforcement starts to group up and kind of very nonchalantly come up with a plan of how they're going to respond because they are also like celebrating that their guys got off. So they're yeah. they're more they seem to me more excited about that. Black leaders are gathering at all of their respective churches in the neighborhood to be as peaceful as possible, encourage people on the right thing to do in this situation and give people a place to vent and experience the trauma of this verdict. And then outside the courthouse, all bets were off. I mean, it turned ugly so fast. 
And I don't know if anybody was surprised by that. Were you guys surprised by the tensions and then the reaction of the people outside of the courthouse? Okay. So then demonstrators go to the police headquarters and that's when all the media sort of swarms in on South Central. There's helicopters above. Hey, by the way, do helicopters fly over white neighborhoods? Because I was under the impression they, they don't. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they do? we get well, we get them over here. All the I've time. lived in. Yeah. Okay. But we okay. get them here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just when I lived in Spokane, which is very lily white, I, we, I never saw a ghetto bird. But in every other place I've lived, there's always been whenever there's a crime or a, mm-hmm. a right. robbery or it probably all- depends on how big your city is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't see them as frequently here in Edmonton, but when I used to live in Mesa, different places in Mesa, Tempe, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I used to see them all the time. Yeah. I think in Tacoma, they don't fly over our north end, and that's kind of the rich white part Mm -hmm. of Tacoma as much, but that might have its root in other like divides. the poor areas where the hospitals are, and there's a lot more helicopter traffic over those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that might just be because the hospitals are there, or it might be because people don't necessarily get listened to if they complain about the noise there. I don't right. know. Um, are any of you familiar with Tacoma? Yeah, SeaTac, no. baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I live uh, near the hilltop area. Okay. So we get them um, over our house a bit with the hospitals. Just There's one fly, flying but... over my house right now. So the only reason I ask is there's an interesting conversation about the metamorphosis of policing in the United States. Mm -hmm. And this, I think, is at this period of time of these uprisings is when we see the militarization of the police on steroids. Yeah. Uh, The National Guard comes in, the police and their riot gear. I think the Police chief even said, well, the National Guard came, but all their ammunition didn't came. So we couldn't send them out right away. Yeah. Um, I don't recall if there was tanks in. It looked like there were like in okay. that parking lot where they were yeah. like, what the fuck were they doing, though? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Sitting in that parking lot different for things like to days. different people. <laughs> they were they were they were afraid to go in. They yeah. Were... yeah. So I feel like. So the looting started and I feel like that was kind of like, in a way, like, I dare you to come down here. I dare the police, you know, I dare you to come down here because what they wanted was to do to the police what the police had done to Ronnie King. So they wanted to do some things to get the police to come down. Mm. And then the police didn't. And Mm. so it just started escalating. It's like, oh, well, that's not enough to get you to come down here. See what I'm going to do next. And then, you know, I mean, I don't think anyone was like specifically thinking that, but I think that's the the effect that it had. Mm -hmm. And then like maybe they weren't even realizing that that's kind of what they were doing, maybe. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. But it just kind of seemed that way. And in it, in the more the more the police ignored them the more they escalated to the point where then they started, you know, stopping people in cars and pulling them out and beating them. And, and, and then, you know, the, the, the Korean businesses, you know, setting them on fire and, and breaking in and, and stealing their stuff too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it was just like, how far does this have to go before somebody comes in here? Because what they wanted is a direct confrontation with the police, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think the folks outside who were engaging in throwing things, um, basically anybody not black at the intersection of Normandy and whatever else was fair, great, was fair game. And Reginald Denny is a household name. Like Mm -hmm. he's, I I think he's in rap songs. I remember after this happened, he was on a bunch of talk shows talking about his experience after getting ripped out of his semi truck. He was just trying, he was working y'all. Yeah. Um, yeah. They ripped him out. They threw bricks at him and the close-ups of his face are horrific. And if you, um, there's one particular gentleman who has sort of remained not in the spotlight, but people know his name, the guy who threw the brick. And at the time in the 90s, he was not remorseful for throwing the brick at Reginald mm-hmm. Denny. I don't know how he feels about it now, but I've, I heard him specifically say anybody who wasn't black who came in that neighborhood was fair game. They even attacked media people yeah, um, yeah. and people who were people of color. And we've talked about this before on the show um, and Martin Luther King's voice did play in the beginning of the documentary, but a riot is the language of the people who are unheard. And these people were extremely frustrated. And I'm curious what, before we get into the Korean shop owner class, Mm -hmm. um, what you think, what could, what else could have been done to avoid this is the largest civil unrest in American history right. at the time of the making of this documentary. I don't know if it's true after 20. Yeah, when, so, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a, an aside, when they when they put that out there is like the most expensive, you know, civil disturbance in, in American history. And at that moment, I was like, I feel like someone's out there going, hold my beer, you know. Wait a minute. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's building just, again. Just know? wait till 2020 happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. I just as a discussion, like what else could have been done? They, those people could have been found guilty. That's what could have been done. Yep. And yeah. there could have been an immediate discussion with the powers that be once they were found not guilty of the wrongness of that. Mm-hmm. It, it basically, you know, they were found not guilty and it's like, okay, over, that's it. You know, no discussion. The masses of people felt unheard and mm-hmm. they needed to find a way to be heard. They also wanted retribution. Yes. Um, and they were going to take that retribution. They wanted to take it on the cops. And so that's why the civil disobedience to get them to come down there. But then the cops wouldn't come down there. I mean, I guess I can understand why they would be afraid, mm-hmm. but they are the cops. They're supposed to do that. So mm-hmm. and then, yeah, it, what could have been done is it could have been handled by the powers that be in a much better way. Yeah. Not leaving masses of people feeling like they're ignored, unheard, not valued, all of those things. Masses of citizens, yes. you know, these are citizens yeah. in citizens of the, the, of the community, yeah. of the United States, of the yeah. city of Los Angeles. They yeah. work, they live, they pay taxes, they clean your homes and wash your cars, they serve your yeah. food, and they are citizens at the end of the day. I agree. I think this all could have been avoided if the trial hadn't been moved and if they had found him mm-hmm. guilty. And one of the looters, I hate saying that word, but one of the gentlemen who was taking some items that he perhaps had not purchased from one of the stores mm-hmm. said to one of the <laughs> reporters in Espanol, he said, I think that this all could have been avoided if the rights of Rodney King had been granted that night when he got pulled over, but they yeah, weren't. Yeah. So we're looting yeah. now. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that one of the people said when they were talking to him 
he's like, you don't understand. These people work 50, 60 hours a week and they have nothing. And now they have less than nothing. So, of course, they're taking things. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fat cats steal wages every fucking day. What's the big deal if I steal a box of shoes? I was so glad that they included that in the documentary because there's several villains in this documentary in the greater society, including white supremacy and capitalism, inequality, wage theft, redlining, so many things. And I hope that Fruities can see all of those villains right at play. It's not just the people throwing bricks and setting fires. There's a reason. Don't forget Daryl Gates. And don't forget (laughs) Daryl, right? (laughs) What a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh my, Gates must go. Where is he? Is he in hell yet? I don't Um, know. (laughs) He should be. Really should be. I mean, uh, one thing I wanted to point out is the city council in LA, which is more powerful today than it was back then. They had a hearing with the uh, the chief of police and they were like, these people are not animals. They're human beings and they're citizens. And then the chief was like, look, if you guys aren't on our side, then we're not going to be good police anymore. OK, yeah. so you're going to be oh, sorry. So watch, watch what you're doing. So yeah. Watch, yeah. What, watch what you say. And then the, yeah. the Asian guy was like, um. Did you just threaten us? Are you threatening us? <laughs> and he's like, you. how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Academy Award to yeah. the police chief. No. Uh, what? That was so fucking ridiculous. It was yeah. so obvious yeah. that he was threatening. Yeah. God, this I mean, is a professional organization. It was like real house. Who do you think style? we are? Well, yeah. we think you're a piece of shit. So. <laughs> Actually, we exactly. We think you're a murderous, corrupt, piece of basura (laughs) we actually we've seen that again in tacoma after manny ellis was killed really yeah same thing like if you guys don't side with the police then oh my god we're not allowed to police so we're not going to oh my god okay well you're fired we'll hire some better ones (laughs) absolutely bye fuck off (laughs) bye to the left to the left like (laughs) it's like what what other person in the world can like can threaten to not do their job if if they're criticized about the quality of work yeah imagine if i told my boss oh my god if you don't like my tps reports then Then i just won't do it anymore (laughs) but you still have to pay me yeah (laughs) what the what the fuck introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy and you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. 
I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. Um, so, um, so it looks like he's dead now. Oh, good. Oh, good. So he, he died is now. in uh, 2010, apparently. Yay. So <laughs> um, yeah. of, he's in hell. <laughs> of an evil black heart. Um, <laughs> um, so, be black. <laughs> good question. Oh, my God. An evil my, white heart. My anti-blackness is showing. So yeah. I wanted to talk about the um, Korean shop owners. So in the context of South L.A., which at the time was mostly black, South Central Los Angeles was mostly black. There were a lot of housing projects, a lot of poverty in the area. And there was a lot of people disenfranchised. But there were also in the 80s, a lot of Asian immigrants that came in. And the difference between Asian immigrants were able to get things like business loans, home loans, and black people still were not. And so they would put their businesses because they too wanted to pursue the American dream, right? And they would put their businesses in communities that were, I mean, the rent wasn't that high in South Central Los Angeles, right? And so to the Black community who were there, it seemed unfair and it also seemed predatory. And there may have been a miscommunication. And, you know, like sometimes when I go to the um, Black people store that's Asian owned to buy my hair, there are uh, people who are... There's it's a contentious relationship because they're selling all these black products and some mm. black people feel like they are not kind when we are bringing our business there. And yeah. that is not that's not necessarily new. But at the end of the day, they are just regular citizens trying to make it take care of their families, live in a safe place, work in a safe place and just be all right. We That's what we all want. And the villain in this scenario Asian and anti-blackness is white supremacy and yeah. capitalism, right? Yeah. If it fucks all of us. Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk about that. I also wanted to talk about like the, so the shop owners, their shops were getting looted and the Korean immigrants who owned the stores took up arms themselves because remember the police yeah. were not going in there. And I think what's it's important to know is that a lot of those Korean shop owners were veterans of Korean wars. And were trained in warfare. So if the police weren't going to come, they didn't give a shit, right? And they didn't need the police, really. They had their weapons, they had their training, and they were going to protect, you know, what was theirs. And so I was delighted to see at the end of the documentary, the Asian community like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, we need to work together. We're, yeah. We are all fucked if we don't work together. One of our listeners was sharing with me a post, an anti-Black post from an Asian community forum, and she was really upset by it and asked for my thoughts. And I've always said that I think things work better when we all work together, yeah. right? And I'm thinking of like with this Black versus Asian-ness, like when Malcolm X was assassinated, one of the first people by his side was an Asian woman to try to render aid and help him. And she became uh, anti-Black and pro-Asian activist for the rest of her days. Um, Anti-Black? So no, no, no. Pro-Black. Sorry. Pro Anti-Racist. <laughs> anti Anti-Racist. Oh, my God. I was like, that wow. That's, that's, that's a turn. turn. <laughs> yeah. 
but you heard it here, guys. <laughs> oh my God. I cancel me. Cancel yeah. me. <laughs> I'm gonna shut down our social media so I can't get hate from this. Um, everything works better when we all work together, but in that moment, the tension was so high that I don't even know if either community could have seen the hurt and harm that each of them were experiencing at that time. Right. Yeah, right. and it was, you know, uh, and I, and again, I don't know if this is something that's intentionally done, but it just kind of seems like the sort of divide and conquer tactic to keep uh, people of different races pitted against each other so that they don't notice or that they have less energy to combat the overall, you know, white supremacy that's going on, you know. I mean, I'm sure the the KKK loves to see Asians and Blacks hating each other because then they can't get together and... Overwhelm. Overwhelm, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So divide and conquer, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it- so, and I feel like there was a little bit of that going on. Like, I remember at the time during the early 90s, mm-hmm. I remember at some point somebody telling me that, oh, yeah, Blacks and Koreans hate each other. And I said, well, why? Because this was the first time I was hearing of this. And mm-hmm. he says, well, I don't know. And I'm like, but they do. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. So, yes. I was, and, and so I guess, you know, I was just like, spread the word, guys. Blacks, blacks and Koreans hate each other. So, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling yeah. kind of prophecy. It's like, oh, am I supposed to hate them? Oh, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, well, it, it's just divide and conquer, you know? It is. And I I know Jeremy Lin, you know, the Lin Sanity, remember the Asian basketball player? (laughs) He talked about the anti-Blackness he experienced before he knew better. And part of his miseducation was that back home in his home country, they would show images of Black people doing bad things, either in media or in the news, right? And so he didn't know anybody who was Black until he got to the United States and started playing with Black players. But you have no context to confirm or deny what you see. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what it is until you get here. And that was another thing that blew me away is all the immigrants were like, this is America. This is unfair. And I was like, yeah. Is somebody gonna tell them when that one woman was in her shop and holding her arms out and yelling, This is America, this is America? I was hearing it differently, like. Yeah, this is America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like she from, had from guts, her point though. of view, it's like, it's not supposed to be this it's, it's way. It's not supposed America. to be. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. not supposed to, to be this, this way. Is America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had Which guts, though. Yeah, she did. Standing up and, and yeah, keeping she was people from going yeah. into her yeah. store. I'd yeah. be like, yeah. Go ahead, take everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even be there and be like, all right, well, it's all it's all you guys. I'll call the insurance man in the morning. Don't worry about it. Yeah. An interesting thing to think about, too, was the amount of people who were displaced as a result oh, yeah, of the yeah. fires. It was like New Orleans. It was the like Katrina, you know, yeah, yeah. the Red Cross yeah. came in and, and there were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it, it was really good that they showed it in the documentary because we have to remember this wasn't just grown up police. This wasn't mm-hmm. just grown up adults fighting yeah. in the street. Children, Children and elderly yeah. people were really affected by this. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I there was images of women in the shelters walking around with babies in there, like trying to calm the babies down. Yeah. And I just wonder what became of those kids. Me who too. Were there. I was thinking that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are and, they? And are I they don't okay? think I, I knew any of that in yeah. the nineties. Yeah. Like didn't it was over and then it was over and we're on to the next news cycle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As yeah. white people, you know, there was mm-hmm. like, that's yeah. 
And, yeah. and we, we didn't live in, in the area. So did yeah. you guys, but were you in California then? No, no we were in Arizona. In Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was in Northern California. Um, oh. and again, watch watching it on the news yeah. and a little foreshadowing. The jury got that one wrong. Black people were furious. And when OJ obviously did it, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Black people didn't care. It was, yeah. this system is really fucked up and we're going to show you how fucked up it is. Yeah. So back to the timeline, there was a state of emergency. The National Guard comes in and eventually May 4th, the riots end. There's still there's footage of people like cleaning up and there's people very honest on the news in the community like it's all great. It, you know, you see the fires and you see everybody cleaning up, but I doubt it's going to last. Yeah. <laughs> foreshadowing there. Yeah. Um, and then you see the guy. I don't know. He's not Machete. Who's that actor who was like, oh, yeah, he's like walking it's, with the people. He's like, we're yeah. going to get our brooms. We're going to get our trash bags. We're yeah, I don't remember street. what his name is, but yeah, it's a Latinx actor. He's a famous Latinx actor, yeah. actor. If it's not if it's not Machete in a movie, it's this guy. But I don't remember his name and I'm very, very sorry. Oh, and then the last part is it closes with Papa Bush giving a totally tone. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they showed Bill Clinton. Just like, oh, yeah, he was just salivating, like waiting to respond. <laughs> That's how we won the election, because he he listened to the people who yeah. were greatly affected by this. And Papa Bush didn't. Uh, and so he lost very. Bad. So is that why black people love Bill Clinton? That's why we called him our first black president. I see. Yeah. <laughs> and he went on Arsenio Hall and played the saxophone. Oh, right. Oh, he did. What other yeah. white person yeah. had ever done that before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how black is that, right? <laughs> so, uh, and he cheats on his wife. I mean, how black is that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. So we cut to that same newscaster who was in Watts, black and white TV in the yeah. 60s, recounting what happened in the 60s to the backdrop of footage of what happened in LA in 1992. And it was Crazy. the exact no, beat thing. for beat. Yeah. yeah. They say yeah. police brutality. There's fires, people getting pulled out of cars. And he's like, hopefully um, this is a what did he, he made it sound hopeful. Like if we can't cure the disease in our cities, what will become of America? Yeah, something, um, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. And then they showed a bunch of stats about what the damage, the amount mm -hmm. of people died. I think 58 people lost their lives. Twenty four hundred or so people were injured. There were about three or four thousand people who were arrested, I think, is the number. Don't don't fact check me. I mean, there's no way to know anyway, like yeah. the truth. Yeah. I could Google it. But anyway, so a lot of people were arrested. And uh, then we see 2020. And we also Tyree Nichols wasn't that long ago either. So yeah. with all that, I have some discussion questions. Can we all okay. just get along? OK, let's go yeah. into discussion questions. <laughs> um, Why can't we all just get along? Am I right? Yeah. Um, okay, so has anything changed? No. Nope. I was like, okay. it's, it's going to happen again. Yeah. It's going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Human beings we... suck. Oh my God, we're the worst. Oh my <laughs> we're God. the worst. I know. I'm like, I can't wait till we all go extinct. It's like, oh, is the asteroid going to get us? We'll, we'll die with it. Maybe like, I don't want to go to, out to space because, you know, we don't want to further our. We're just going to make it worse. The galaxy. Aliens don't Sorry, want us I went there. Real dark there. <laughs> I feel like you're in my head. Um, <laughs> what was the most 
shocking thing? Like, what did anything take the, your the part that surprise you? Uh, surprise, no, uh, but shocking. Uh, about three quarters of the way through the documentary, they showed like people hurt and dead, and yeah. that was really upsetting. Yeah, yeah, that shocked me because that was an aspect I don't think they comment. I, I've no. never heard how many people died. No, I've never I, seen never a seen the pictures. Wound. Yeah, a gun, yeah. a dude with a gunshot wound to the head. People dead yeah. on the street. Yeah. Um, that was jarring. Uh, yeah, for sure. And really disturbing. Anything to add, Minnie? Yeah, just well, the same thing, just the brutality of it. Um, just seeing human beings at their worst and the things that they do to each other. You know, the story was was what I remember of it. You know, maybe maybe there was more at the time. But what I remember of it was, you know, there was this awful thing that happened to Rodney King and then there was no justice served. And then suddenly looting, you know, which didn't make sense to me, you know, mm. like, how does this all connect? You know, yeah. Where's the rest of the story? Yeah, they they I think they they didn't tell the rest of the story. They so didn't. I, I yeah. was kind of unaware of all. I was very, I was very unaware of yeah. all that other stuff. Yeah. And I but, didn't I don't even remember hearing about the girl that was murdered. No, I did not hear about that at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really shocking, too. Just yeah. that story, like mm-hmm. she's walking away and the lady shoots her in the she's head and then the lady with a shotgun and Jesus. the lady is found guilty of manslaughter. Manslaughter. She's guilty, but yeah, then, her but sentence then was they let her go. Community service yeah. And fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nothing. Just a slap in the face to yeah. the community. You know? Yeah. yeah. For, for shooting a girl, a teenage girl, a, a child in the back of the head yeah. while she's mm-hmm. walking away when yeah. she thought she stole orange juice yeah. and she didn't do anything. Yeah. It was just yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really upsetting. Yeah. But my favorite part of the movie was the guy who was lighting the trees on fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mine, too. The, the news reporter was like, Al, uh, we're receiving word that there's a fella lighting trees out there. <laughs> and they got and he's him on going camera. from tree to tree. He's got his lighter. He's just like light 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 all around and not ashamed at all i mean they should have asked what his name was uh, because i would like to catch up with him today uh but that was that was really uh wild like what yeah (laughs) you can do that (laughs) Uh, not on a normal day (laughs) damn it (laughs) let's see what was your reaction to rodney king's statement because they say he was the reason for this whole thing. He really wasn't. He but wasn't the reason. He wasn't. Yeah. But before memes were a thing, all the comedians, all the black comedians were making fun of Rodney King like this. <clears throat> can we can we all just get along? Like people would do what their own spin on his pain, right? His yeah. trauma. And I don't think I had an appreciation for what that really was for Rodney or what that really could have been like. Until I saw this, because yeah. I was just thinking of, oh, look, Martin Lawrence, you know, Martin is making fun of, you know, people would just say whenever there was a dispute, can't we all just get along, you know, mm. like Rodney King style. And I just I did not have an appreciation for that until this documentary. So. Yeah, it's really sad. It mm-hmm. is. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events on our podcast, Disturbed. Terror takes center stage. 
Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. It is. And again, that trauma never left him despite efforts of the best doctors and the best rehab centers. He got a settlement of, I think, three point eight million dollars. Wow. Mm -hmm. But by the time Celebrity Rehab on MTV caught up or maybe VH1 caught up with him, he had spent it all. And uh, he eventually died engaged to a woman. I can't remember her name, but that's why I was wondering, where are all the jurors black? Because she was a juror in some big case. And yeah. he had three daughters. And again, the more things change, the more things that sound the same is kind of what I took away from all of it. Yeah. Kind and of the, and same shit, different day. The yeah. way it was presented as well. Yeah. 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 And they didn't have to do any narration to, exactly. to make that point. Yeah. They just uh -huh. used the footage. Mm -hmm. And yep. it was just a mirror image of what happened yeah. in Watts. Speaking was, of mirror. That was startling, actually. Yeah. 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 The exact sequence of events and that's why i was like yeah this is this is gonna happen again absolutely you know? yeah yeah it's just a matter of when you know yeah. when's gonna be the catalyst this time yeah so you're not gonna believe this but <laughs> i'm a police abolitionist <laughs> uh, yeah so i'm Shocking. curious though um and you've said this before and i do understand the system's broken it needs to be broken down but what do you see as uh because in my mind, people are terrible. People do yeah. terrible things to each other. So mm -hmm. then what do we do? Like, what? how do we deal with that? If there's no police, like, what do you see in place of that? So I think it's a big problem that's hundreds of years old. And yeah. I think it's a, a big problem that's going to take lots of solutions and lots of time and effort. And I also want to say that I don't envision a world with no police, with no safety patrols or law enforcement individuals. Okay. I just don't see it as, I the mean, current system. They, they get, their budgets are ridiculous. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're taking money away from schools. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So in my imagination, every school would be well-funded. All the parks mm -hmm. okay. would be yeah, well-maintained. Yeah, All that. the after-school yeah. programs would be maintained. Yeah. There would be free health care. There would be free mental health care. Everybody would be able to have a job. If you lost your job, it didn't mean you lost your home. Money that we funnel to the police and military could go to support those things. That's yeah, my, yeah. in a perfect yeah. world. So you're um, a socialist. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 So am I. But so am I. we all are. We all yeah. 
mm-hmm. socialism, fire department, yeah. police, that's socialism, yeah. y'all. So we're already doing it. Yeah. So that's what I imagine. Okay. Yeah. I I, yeah I, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Community policing is yeah, also I think, something I that's think key. They made kind of a mistake with the, I think they were calling it the defund the police movement. The I slogan think because it sounds great. like, you know, we're going to take all your jobs away directly to these people who, you know, they, I agree that, you know, the, the system is broken, but there's there are some people in that system who are good people and, and basically saying, you know, we're going to take your jobs away. So the reaction to that is, of course, going to be negative. I think the word that they should have used was reallocate the police. Re- so or reimagine. Yeah. yeah. Re-imagine. Our word. Or refund. Yeah. Refund the police. <laughs> that, that's, that was my idea was re- yeah. refund the police. Yeah. Like, yeah. It sounds We're very positive, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know. So, so <laughs> the idea isn't to take them away. It's to move. Change, change the system. Yeah. Change the system around. Move some of the money into things that would make community unnecessary yeah, for there to be as many police and maybe retrain some of them into different jobs that they might be better at, you know? Yeah. And, and make it unnecessary for people to commit crime that they yeah. need crimes yeah. of survival. survival. Now there always <laughs> will be because there's always going to be greedy people. There's always going to be psychos. There's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be some kind of crime. So we do yes. have to have something in place to deal with that, but don't disagree taking with that. away as much as we can of poverty and, unfair distribution of of wealth and and things like that you know yeah 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 oh you know what blew me away what? i never thought i would say this there was a police officer after they sent in the national guard and he had his you know police officer like clear mask on and he was crying crying yeah, yeah. and he it was like he couldn't believe that he was doing this or involved, yeah. or that this was happening yeah. um and i can't remember what he said and this is I don't know many police. I am just very fearful of them. I know Captain Hunter, who we did a crossover mm-hmm. episode with, and that's yeah. it. And I am just admitting to my learning and trying to be a better person. I had never seen empathy like that on yeah. a police officer. And I, for a it long time, moving. didn't believe that they could display it or had it. Or had it. I'm ashamed. Yeah. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was really surprised by yeah. that, that. Yeah, I, it was moving. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do know some I actually dated a police officer um, oh. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there are two brands of them. And one is the type that is very dislikable, which is the type that goes in because they're interested in getting power and, and being respected and all of that. But there's also a section of them that the reason they go in is because they want to help people. And they really do feel for people and they want to do their best to be there for people. And I have had times when I've needed to call the police and and not having that fear that you have of them, I've done so. And I have had very good conversations with them in, in which they were very empathetic or, you know, you could tell that they really cared about people. And that's the reason that they did the job, not because, you know. So I feel like there's kind of two types of officers that you'll come across. Mm-hmm. So I was not surprised to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. I'm glad you bring that up because it brings me back to like at the beginning, what did you guys, where were you in 1992? And I was aware of most of this, of this behind the scenes, the connection between the verdict and the violence. What? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I wasn't aware that there are police officers 
who really do want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And they're also part of a system, right? They are citizens who need jobs as well and who Mm -hmm. also want their kids to go to good schools. That had never crossed my mind until I saw this. So I'm going to hell anyway, but I was was really surprised by that. So anyway, any final thoughts like in the last few minutes, y'all? I was about one and a half when the LA riots happened. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So I didn't actually see the footage until college Mm -hmm. and it was moving and, but it didn't, I went to a small liberal arts college here in Tacoma. And I do think that in those settings, sometimes it's taught more as history so that Mm -hmm. we don't have to feel bad about ourselves. Because even though they liberal arts and, at least on a surface level, were very welcoming to minorities mm-hmm. coming into the school. It definitely wasn't where they were making their money. It definitely wasn't a major part of the student body, even though you would not necessarily know that looking at the website. Um, <laughs> I, you, I can't tell you how many of those photo shoots mm-hmm. for college I was involved in. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, get that team. one black lady yeah. over but here. Fine, <laughs> if you want me to pose, I'll do it. Yeah, it was, there were just very few classes that really, including that one, that made it seem like a current issue, which it obviously is. Right, right. Um, So that was something that I'm going to have to go watch the documentary now and just see, because I'm sure they, we got kind of a slightly prettied up version of it. Diluted. Prettied up. Prettied up. That's a good way to put it. It was a a really good documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, It was. Yeah. Yeah. After uh, after it, I watched, it made me cry multiple times. I yeah. warn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to take. I had to. I had to watch it in sessions. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it, it was it, hard it, to watch. It is heavy. It is it's heavy. hard to watch. I actually um, I watched that one and then I watched L.A. Burning because I got like so fascinated with mm, the story. Yeah. yeah. How was that one, L.A. Burning? It's good too. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that one out. All right. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic, Brie. Yeah. Love having you so much. Yeah, thanks again. Tell us your puppies' names. Oh, yeah. So, um, actually, we love having them too. This is my one eyed tuxedo cat, Zuko. Um, He decided to come say hi. Cutie. Oh, my gosh. Jump cutie. And um, Kenzie, the other dog, has gone to the other room. This is our great Dane, Tarly. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he and Zuko left a cuddle. Um, <laughs> we'll literally never de- turn down scritches. Oh, we have no. one other cat who's a very gray, fluffy little girl named Zula. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that yeah. you and your pet family joined mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnie, thank you so much. I, I, I love, that's why I love the video. Like we do the podcast mm-hmm. and it's just me and Beth. We can't like we can talk to each other, but like what are what what other people think? Yeah. Um, so that's what I love. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. yeah. Can so I if share you... one last thing with you. Yes, oh yeah. Sure. We talked about books last time I did one of these with y'all. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to share one of my new favorite YA authors with you. Sunbearer uh, tribe. It's actually uh hmm. I think it got banned a lot in Florida. Oh, it's, nice. I'm uh, gonna buy it. Right I'm now. gonna buy it yeah, right now. Ada <laughs> Thomas, he's a trans Latinx author. Oh, okay. and it's Fantastic. the best inclusion I've ever seen in a YA novel. Huh. Uh, Reels? Best, yeah, uh, main character is trans, and then there's a couple like non-binary characters. It's uh, really good set in 
Um, it's a fantasy novel, Mesoamerican mythology. Oh, interesting. As much as I love my Greek mythology, it's super refreshing not to have like the same yeah. pantheon. Oh, yeah. 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 The second one's coming out later this year. Ooh. And I also super enjoyed his first novel, which I just finished and lent to a friend called The Cemetery Boys. Okay. Um, again, a trans main character. I'd love to see it. Yes. That one is more about gaining acceptance and this, like, it's just accepted that he's the main character's mm-hmm. trans. Like, this is very like, yeah, no, why would anyone Duh. question yeah. who you want to <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, oh, there is a, yeah. So Cemetery Boys is very Dia de los Muertos kind of mythology. Oh, cool. Still oh, Mesoamerican. Cool. Okay. Ooh, um, okay. Cute gay boy love, um, oh, love at it. the YA level. Nice. So yeah, I just I had it on my desk, so I thought I'd okay. Thanks first sharing. of all. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me and Beth are recording on Tuesday, and this is going in the shout out section. Yay. Nice. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just put it on my wish list. <laughs> I, know, I'm gonna, I want to read it, but I mm-hmm. can't if there's no audio version. Oh, I oh. should be. Okay. I think I'd there, be shocked if there was. Yeah, I think there um, is. I when I put it on my wish list, I think there was an audible. Um, and I don't know what we're gonna do next, but Rain, if you think of any what suggestions, about the, uh, the book that one that uh, no, Minnie was talking about the cocaine one. Oh yeah, crack. <laughs> crack oh. What was it called? I think it was called. Um, was it crack or was it cocaine? I, I think it was called crack cocaine chaos or something in conspiracy. Um, okay. it was really good. Okay. It was really good. Love yeah. it. Crack is a hell of a drug. Haven't tried it. It is. <laughs> What's that? We just went and saw cocaine very yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to see that hilarious. So um, a little gratuitous score. If that's not Even your thing, better. you might need to avert but um mm. i was surprised by their production value yeah <laughs> yeah it was oh. great <laughs> oh i was trying to like explain it to my kids today like yeah the bear did drugs isn't that mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay so i just want to say thanks again to mm-hmm. bryn beth minnie i apologize if i said anything offensive but thank you for letting this be a safe space where we can learn things and be better. And this was a lot of fun. Looking forward to the next one. To you listening, thank you for joining us. And look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. Hello. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool. I'm here now. Hey, Brian. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How dare you? I'm going to shut up. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what do I know? Papa Bush is president at the time and uh, gross. Oh. What's up? <laughs> gross. Yeah. Boy, There's, oh boy. Like, what the fuck were they doing, though? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like someone's out there going, hold my beer, you know? Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're looting yeah. now. Bye. I'd be yeah. like, yeah. go ahead. Take everything. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget Daryl, right? <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, my gates must go. Where is he? Is he in hell yet? 
I um, don't know. <laughs> yes, he Who do you think style? we are? Well, yeah. we think you're a piece of shit. So, <laughs> um, so it looks like he's dead now. Oh, oh good. good. So he, he is now. And it took a turn. turn. <laughs> um, Sorry, right. I went there? real dark there. <laughs> I feel like you're in my head. There's one flying over my house right now. I was surprised by their production value. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. My favorite part of the movie was the guy who was lighting the trees on fire. Oh my God. You can do that? (laughs) May I be excused? When's the meteor coming? Uh, (laughs) Can we just get to crank up that, you know, global warming a little faster? Burn us all out. Let's just like stop fighting climate change. How about that? Let's, 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 let's just just yeah, lean into it. Yeah. Today is lean our into it. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane (coughs) and come home under the plane... You've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th-century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th-century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.